Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I am hoping you guys had a great week. Mine wasn't too bad. Um, it's just been kind of still kind of normal. Uh, trying to find a place, looked at a few of them, got to look at one last Saturday virtually, which was pretty cool. Um, it's just been kind of not finding that right balance of, you know, decent house for a good rent and not having to spend so much like it's just so ridiculous how expensive rent can be even even in texas it still has the, there's those high prices because there is some places i found that have been pretty cheap but the house doesn't look like the person takes very good care of it so keep praying um there is a house we are well it's not really a house it's more like a townhome i guess you could say that we are really interested in but it's just too high in the rent in my opinion and, and and even though it has great spaces like 19 square feet it'd be really nice to kind of have for at least a year just in case things start picking up with the church when we get out there that we can have that kind of space but at the same time you know that's at the high end of what our allowances that we've given to to ourselves so it would just be nice to get a nice balance maybe between 1500 and 1700 and just have um, I mean, it just be amazing lord could just work that out so keep praying for us for that otherwise um it's just been kind of getting excited about this and just thinking about things and talking and and just being prepared you know getting our heart prepared and the more i kind of hear about where we're going the more i'm kind of excited about it and just seeing how god can use us would be a really cool thing to see anyway so this this week what i'm going to talk about it's it's kind of there's been like three titles that God kind of gave in my mind this week. And I was just kind of mundering over it this week, which one I would like to do. And today I, this video popped up on Facebook that kind of just spurred this fire inside of me of frustration that I see in churches and teachings that are there. And even though most of this teaching that I'm going to talk about today is going to be geared more to the understanding of slander or false teaching and slander. Um, my hope is that it would be, it'd be clear for you guys. See, the one thing that I've been kind of noticing, there's been several, several things I've been noticing with churches, but I would have to say in the last few years, especially when I was out East, I kind of noticed something that kind of bothered me. Now, I don't know if it's in your churches or if you've seen it before, but people place their pastors at, at this kind of high pedestal. And I'm not talking about accountability pedestal or the understanding that any of us who decide to become a pastor, we are going to be placed at in, in a higher accountability bracket i guess you would be a best way to describe it where in anything we do you know it's going to be probably more scrutinized I mean, that that makes sense but probably about three four months ago i saw this video that popped up and because of what happened in 2020 a lot of a lot of pastors and christians just abusing scripture for motives and ideologies that they wanted to support I also started noticing pastors using similar stuff. And, and it made me think about, because if you read anywhere 
in the gospels near the end, especially when they talk about the future, but any of the epistles and Hebrews, you know, any, any of those Bibles, you, you, there's at some point, there's like a little bit of a discussion about being aware, being, being understanding that the future for, and remember that this was written to early Christians, but the future things were going to be difficult and there, there's going to be struggle. Now, a lot of times we don't really think about the fact that false teaching is a thing it's, it, that it's more around than we realize, but it is. And I'm starting to notice it more with people, not necessarily everywhere that I go, but I've kind of noticing there's this trend of teaching. Now, I know some of it, and I don't mean to offend anybody who may be a Catholic listening, but I, I notice that it comes from the Catholic religion view of theology of how they place the the spiritual leaders on this pedestal. I've seen it, in, and I'll, I'll be honest, I see it in TV shows a lot, too, the description. I mean, if you watch Blue Bloods, you see how they treat him, the, the cardinal, I believe. Um, they put him at this level because he's a holy man. That suddenly, you know, anything he kind of says, it, it kind of goes type of deal. And I understand this because I'm, I've been having a debate for months with, or actually I should say over a year now, with a friend of mine who walked away from the Christian faith and jumped onto the Catholic uh, theology train. And that's the debate. The church, which is the Catholic leadership, has the authority over everybody else. But I'm not going to get into that. It's not the whole point of this whole thing, but th that's that's the the imagery that... So people who've left that f faith and jumped into understanding Christianity, um, they've taken that mindset of placing pastors at that same level. And I've been noticing that some pastors or other people who support these pastors are using like anointing and using um, verses that it's kind of interesting because the one video I watched today was like placing the pastor like king over the church. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was thinking in my head. And the more that I was listening to this video as this evangelist or... I mean, I think they may call her a pastor. I'm not really sure. Was defending her pastor in a way that was kind of not right. And it was abusing scripture. And I'm trying to find where it was. Okay, so it starts and it's First Samuel 26, 19. But now let my Lord, the king, listen to his servants. If the Lord has stirred you up against me. Then I let him accepting accept my I let him accept my offering. But if this is simply a, a human scheme, and this person used human scheme as the church or church members, then may those involved be cursed. So they took this section of verses and they implied that. For members to be able to question the pastor or to have an issue with the pastor was actually unbiblical and that they would be cursed to do so. 
And I want you to understand that is absolutely not a biblical. And that is, that's more demonic than his false teaching straight up. With that being said, the one thing that has been coming across my mind today is that we need to have a better understanding the difference between false teaching desire or false teaching versus true slandering. So the one thing you got to understand is that the pastor's responsibility is to teach and train people with the truth, with understanding, so that he is he is creating disciples for other for into these men and women of the church, so that they're discipling other men and women in the church who are also discipling. And like it, you got to understand, it's it's a it's this little train that's kind of getting collected over time, where it starts with a few in the beginning, because you know sometimes a church starts with a few, or maybe it starts with just a small men's group or a small women's group, and we just have. You see the growth happen, and then they want to share that growth with someone else, and then that someone else grows, and they want to share it with someone else. That's the whole point. That was the whole concept of the early church. The disciples, I mean, if you think about it, he picked 12. I mean, yeah, there's significance to 12 because of the 12 disciples plus the 12 tribes. Like, it's all connected in that sense, but the idea was it was a spread around like the goal was you guys were supposed to go and share the gospel. And then when they grow in their faith, they're going to share the gospel. And when they grow in their faith, then they'll share. And that's how it spreads out. And because it's truth, it's going to spread like it's going to spread out fast. And that's something you guys got to understand. If you feel you can't question your pastor or you can't, if you know that something is not right and you can't say anything because you think that they are placed in the position of pastor makes them invulnerable to being questioned, that's wrong. See, the thing is when you read scripture and you're learning about accountability, you're learning about encouragement, you're learning about, it's not the disciples telling everybody else that you guys got to do this and just listen to us. Now, there is a respect and truth about the fact that, yes, the disciples, Paul and all of them were teaching everybody because that's what was going on, right? <laughs> that's, that's true. And yes, they were given a special authority because they were taught, taught directly from Jesus Christ, basically, the disciples, and even Paul, in, in many ways, you know, Christ approached him because Jesus knew that Paul would have high understanding and he thought outside the box. It's one thing I, I started loving about Paul. I didn't realize how much he thought outside the box when he was dealing with people. He was really good at it and he was straightforward. But anyway, the idea is that we're starting to see more of a trend in our culture, our Christian culture and churches placing people of spiritual authority at a higher level to the point where you who may not be pastors are at a lower class of spiritualism. So, I mean, does that make sense to you guys? I mean, I know some of you guys probably don't see or have not gone through it, but I've seen it. I've been through it and I see it a lot in certain situations where it pops out a little bit. 
And then I've also noticed too that even if you do disagree, at the end of all things, you still allow that pastor to make make the choices. That's in a lot of ways kind of wrong too if it's designed for you to be a, a, a voice. Because like I, I've I've been around groups that have elder leadership. I've been around where they have a board leadership. And there's disagreement. And of course, nothing is perfect. Like there's no church government that's perfect that works. But accountability and understanding uh, humility for yourself as a pastor, if any of you guys are pastors or spiritual leaders in your church, putting humility into your life also recognizes when someone tells you that this doesn't seem right, that you have the humbleness to be able to accept their criticism or their words and to think on it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I struggle with wanting to think I, I see things all the time, but I also understand let's take a step back and listen to others. Pay attention to what you hear people are saying to you. Stop following. And the big thing I have is stop following your emotions. Emotions get in the way. Emotions cloud truth because it wants what you want, which is the main issue about all of this. So, you know, we go to 2 Timothy 4, and we've used this verse for different things, but it's something that we got to get in our heads. we got to think about it. You know, it states, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I want you to understand, think about verse 2. Reach the word of God. And at the end it says, encourage your people with good teaching. Understand that if your pastor or any leader in your church, even if you are the head pastor and you know someone else is not preaching appropriately or good teaching, questionable teaching, it, pastor, it's your responsibility to step up and say something. Members of the church is your responsibility to say something. The understanding is patiently correct and rebuke and encourage. Do you understand that a pastor still underneath that type of authority? I don't mean that you go out right and just attack your pastor. No, that's not what that means. But you should approach and say something. And I would advise you, if you feel like the pastor is not speaking truth anymore or, or has gotten very woke or very progressive in a lot of the teachings and it just doesn't seem right, ask what's going on, you know, you know what, what's going on with this teaching. And if you feel uncomfortable, do it. If you find people that you can come together and approach, there's nothing unbiblical about that. I'm entitling this basically false teaching of slander because now what's going on and it's been a very more recent in the past few years. I'm seeing a little bit more of this type of teaching getting thrown into the teaching that is wrong for you guys who are not pastors to question the pastor. In that video, and if you want to, if you want to watch it, it's actually on the page for 
my Facebook page for this group, Warrior Within Christian Podcasts. One of the things what was going on is that another lady came in. She was having issues with the church, and she started talking about this. She's talking about that, and this lady who's speaking right now is listening. But then the, this other woman says, "But and the pastor." And then the lady got all defensive. Said, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, before you start attacking my pastor," and she even says it while she's up in front of her whole congregation, that you have anything against my pastor, I will fight you. That is so dangerous. That's implying that spiritual leaders in our churches have this power that nobody else can have. That they can't do wrong. Because it says in verse 3, and this is the reason why that verse is so important, because verse 3 it says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires, will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itchy ears want to hear. They will reject, reject truth and chase them after myths. See, that thing that starts happening when you don't start questioning whether this is truth or not is you're starting to now allow your mind to just accept what you're hearing because that pastor is a good, good speaking pastor. There's several out there that people like to listen to. And these pastors have that hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people that are probably listening to them now, especially with online access, especially because of 2020. And you can't question their authority. You can't question what they're preaching. Because the, the way they talk is so nice. It's so attractive. It's so, it has so much power behind it. And, and people love people that have special type of power. Especially when they're kind hearted and, and just seem like they care. And they want to see you at your best. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that... I'm not hoping that you could find your best in God. See, there's there's a difference because I, my, my goal when I'm talking about seeing your best is seeing your best and how God wants you to be his best for, for you. You're not going to be in my position. You're not going to be in my opportunity. You're not going to be in my story the same way that God has something planned for you and the purpose he has for you. And the idea is that we think that once we start questioning people, that that's automatic slander. I mean, one of the big things that we hear nowadays is like, if you question somebody is don't judge me. Because like, that's one of my things. Actually, one of the things I was going to talk about was about a phrase that gets used a lot. But don't judge me is a big thing. And I know that's probably getting used. Don't don't be judging your pastor. No, no, no. That's, that's not what you should be saying to people. You don't tell people, if someone comes and says, dude, you are, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, you can't turn around and block their phrase by saying, don't judge me. Because that's, you know, the famous atheist response or non-believers responses, as doesn't the Bible teach don't judge ye unless you want to be judged? And it's like, yes, but do you know what that means? Because you got to understand... That phrase means if I'm struggling, let's say, with pornography and you're struggling with pornography and I go and I attack you with judgmental criticism saying, 
you know, you need to stop doing that, but you know that I'm still doing it. That's calling the kettle black. That's that statement. And that's why it says later, don't be judging someone when you have a log in your eyes when they have and when they just have a splinter in theirs. The concept behind this is is that's to me is being judgmental. Okay? That's being judgy. But when you're telling truth to someone, hey, you know, I'm like I'm not struggling with pornography, but you are, and you keep putting yourself into a position where it's causing you problems. Get out of that. As a Christian, you should be humbly receiving that and maybe take a step back. Yes, you may feel offended and hurt and may feel like defensiveness and want to fight back. But the truth is, if you're walking with the Lord and you know the struggle, because a lot of times people get really defensive when they know they're doing something wrong. Super defensive. And non-believers hate that concept about Christian Christians, which is why so many Christians have been trying to get behind all these, you know, agendas and these movements to show, Hey, we're not being judgmental. And it's like, oh, that doesn't work that way. So one of the cool things that you got to understand is that about slandering. Okay. Slandering is when you go and you start talking it's uh, actually gossip is kind of like right underneath that, but it's slandering is basically saying about someone's character to hurt them for your gain. And wolves and false teachers do this all the time. I experienced this myself when people know that I'm not like a, but someone is spreading a lie about my character and transforming that personality that they know the character that i have to try to make them look and the best thing is they try to make themselves look like the victim in the story and make you look like the enemy i'm sure many of you have struggled with very similar issues <clears throat> let's take a quick break as we continue i want you to think about that though slandering is going after somebody for your gain we'll be right back Hey, Warriors, welcome back to the second half of this episode. Once again, we're talking about slander now. You got to understand that slandering someone's character is actually, in many ways, even in the United States, wrong. You're like, you're not supposed to be doing that, but people do it all the time. Politicians do it all the time. But slandering is very serious offense. And I want you to understand how serious, and I'm actually going to be reading in Proverbs 16, 19. I'm going to be using the message because it's a little bit more clear. I mean, <clears throat> my wife has been showing me how the message could be actually good with dealing with people, which I thought that was pretty cool, but it's not going to be always be, it's not my main Bible I'll be using. You got to understand that. But if we go to Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 in the States, here are six things God hates and one more than that he loathes with a passion. Eyes that are arrogant. A tongue that lies, hands that murder the innocent, a heart that hatches evil plots, feet that race down a wicked track, a mouth that lies under oath, a troublemaker, and family. Now, in uh, an LT version, that last part, verse 19, it states, false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. 
So a lot of times have you learned from King James Version, false witness was also another word that was used a lot. False witnessing is basically what happened to Stephen, what happened to Jesus in a lot of ways. Um, false witnessing in, in current terms would be, let's say you were in, you know, doing the church and you were alone with a woman according to someone else's perspective and another person said yes i agree so now they're saying that yes you did do something you, you were alone with that woman and you did something wrong with her when you weren't alone there was another person in the office but they did not know false witness would identify supporting let's say she had a claim against you supporting her claim even though there was no actual evidence but it was false witness because two people said so because a lot of times in scripture, when you read about witnessing, there had to be at least two people to bear witness, which is why when Jesus was brought before um, the Pharisees or the priest, the high priest, there was two witnesses that called Jesus out. Same with Stephen. There was two witnesses who were paid to falsely accuse Stephen. You see, that's the dangers of slandering is the dangers of being a false witness. And the fact that this alone is on six things that God hates. You understand how dangerous that is? I mean, the fact that the word God hates, and it doesn't matter if you go to NLT, it says there are six things the Lord hates. We go to KJV, right? Do you think it's going to be saying something different? Let's see. King James Version states, when we go all the way down, six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, six are abomination unto him. Or actually seven, excuse me. Do you understand that the fact that the Lord hates false witnessing? Can you imagine how much he probably hates false teaching or wolves who come into our church and create lies, which that's also on the list. I want you to think about that. Let that sink in your head. How many times have we done that before? We ever treated someone like that? You see, when you watch that video, you're going to hear this person use scripture to justify that you can't question the pastor. But in churches, we have this happen a lot where people bear false witness unto others. They lie about people we were to go further down to Proverbs 26 this is also based off the message this time just because it's it's phrasing that we can relate to verse 22 chapter 26 if I didn't say that Listening to gossip is like eating cheap candy. 
Do you want junk like that in your belly? Smooth talk from an enemy heart is like glaze or cracked pottery. Now, if you know anything about glazing, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different forms of glazing, but if we were to bring to terms of today that people can relate to, if you ever had a donut has glaze on it, how fragile is that? Verse 24 to 26. Your enemy shakes hands and greets you like an old friend, all the while plotting against you. When he speaks warmly to you, don't believe him for a minute. He's just waiting for the chance to rip you off. No matter how shrewdly he conceals his malice, eventually his evil will be exposed in public. I want you to think about that. You know, we're pointing out this is based on slander. But I want you to think about this also... And people who are using scripture falsely to gain control, power, prestige, get behind agendas and, and trying to create purpose for themselves. A lot of times what's so interesting about people who like to false witness or, or even gossip or um, share lies about other people is it's always for gain. There's some, something they gain from it. Now, what happened to me, that lady gained power. She got her little pack of people around her. In a lot of ways, she wanted the authority, but she knew with me in the way, she wouldn't have that freedom. So she had to attack my character. She had to disqualify me as a youth pastor. And she had to be little because, one, I mean, it was little things that she would point out. One of her famous ones was because I didn't have kids. How can I understand kids? And that's such a bad, bad way of dealing with ministry. You can't tell me if God has called somebody to do something, but just because... You know, if they're called to be a youth pastor for a time and they don't have kids, that they don't understand kids. We were all kids at one point. We were teenagers at one point. It's not like suddenly when we hit 21, we just don't remember that life. You see, that's what I mean. That That's that's slandering. That's that's false fault of character assassination on somebody and trying to break their position for, for your gain. And then, you know, she pointed out other things that really didn't matter. Was it my responsibility? Is the parent's responsibility for the most part? And trying to make it look like I was incompetent, that I, I have no clue about this now mind you this person had no previous ministry experience of any kind and i've been dealing with ministry since i was 21 maybe even 20 and she was trying to make me look like i had no clue and the sad part is when you have your boss not even helping you and joining sides with her in his own way that makes it even worse 
And then you have people who called you friend, called you brother, and they were turning on you for the same same way because that's what false teaching or false witnessing does. What slandering of other people, what getting what you want out of it. And wolves are good at it. That's what wolves do. And false teachers do a very similar thing. And the thing is, it's sad. It's sad to see people do that to other people. And I've seen it more often in churches than I do even... I've worked in different jobs, non-ministry jobs. I drafted for about four years. I worked for Sears twice in my life. And I would have to say that the first time I've seen something similar was a district manager who was awful at Sears and tried to find ways to get rid of me because he didn't like how I was, basically. I don't know what his agenda was, but he was, I didn't trust him. And I learned really quick the why I didn't trust him. There's just some, I got this bad vibe from him, and maybe it was that was why he got wanting to get rid of me because he knew that I could see right through him. But anyway, that was probably my first experience with a wolf mentality. And then later on, I got to see different things. But the thing is, I can tell you this: in a lot of these non-ministry systems, I saw less issues of people trying to get rid of people. Now, it doesn't mean that it was never not around. I did see it, but not in the same way. It was different. And the sad part is that I'm getting this from people who called, who call themselves Christians doing this to other people, which is even sadder. And I need you guys to understand that you need to see and pay attention to what's going on around you, not only at work and at home, but in your church. You know, there is people who have agendas. I'm sorry. Yes, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, hopefully. But there's people in churches that have their own plans, their own ideologies, their own perspective. I mean, I got to see in a youth group in a situation that I trusted in the youth pastor bring in emergent church teaching in the youth group, but didn't tell us that. And I find out after I come back, that's what that's what happened. And they the whole church blackballed me thinking I was all part of it when I had no clue. I was only like 23, 24 when I when I left. I think it was 24, 25. can't remember. It might have been 25. So we're talking years later, and I didn't know what was going on at the time. And then I left to go to school for one year. came back all excited because I was into ministry, and I, I found what I wanted to do, and I was going to come back to my home church, and I was going to serve, and I got blackballed. You see, that's the thing that hurts more is when no one asks you, No, and I want you to understand, nobody asked me, if I knew this was going on, nobody clarified if I knew this was what was being taught. Because mind you, if they did, I would have been like, oh, no, I'm totally against that. I would not. They would have known and they probably wouldn't have mistreated me. They probably wouldn't have thrown me basically. Well, actually, they didn't really throw me. They just kind of pushed me out until I left. And I was so hurt. 
You see, that's the thing. That's why it's so dangerous to do stuff like that. You don't want to slander, but you also don't want to allow false teaching to be in, in distribution. And the thing is, what I'm seeing is that these pastors and leaders are mixing the two to, to justify what they're doing so that you don't question. Because this is not the first time I've heard someone talk about this. Like, I literally said, it was like a pastor and his leadership staff all did a video together about pointing out that false teachers in wolves and sheep's clothing based on twisting of wordage of the verses were never ever pastors. So in other words, you can't question him because they can never be considered a false teacher. That's not true. And they try to throw in the, the little anointing thing involved into the whole situation. That's not true. Do I think people are called into ministry? Absolutely. Do I believe people are called to be pastors? Absolutely. But are they perfect? Absolutely not. Do they make mistakes? Absolutely. Do they struggle? Absolutely. We hear story after story, just like we hear what's going on in Hillsong, just like we hear about all these other pastors who have stepped down because of something that's happened. You see, we got to protect our church from false teaching. That's what it means to be on guard as men. But we also got to not be slandering because I've heard many of the story of elders and, and men of leadership in churches who didn't like somebody because they weren't doing what they wanted. So they figured out any way to get rid of that person, even though that person was not in the wrong they made up stuff to prove that they were wrong. And that is just as bad. We got to understand there is a false teaching and a false teaching of slandering too. We need to pray for our leaders in our church but we also got to be willing to say something if we see that something is not biblically right. We need to protect our church from false teaching, but not use false teaching to get rid of somebody out of the church. If you disagree with somebody, go talk to them. But if you're doing schemes to get rid of them because you disagree with them, now you got to be careful. If you're bearing false witness to break their character to get rid of them, now we got a problem. It's absolutely important for us as men of God, as warriors of God, to protect our churches, to protect the truth, to stand up for truth, to support our pastors. And I'm telling you, this is not a pastor bash because I'm a pastor. Support your pastors if they're teaching truth. If other people are trying to push progressive movement in your church, stand up for your pastor who is not. If there's people trying to get rid of your pastor because they're not being so-called progressive enough, stand up for your pastor. 
that's when you should defend them. Not fight them, but defend him. Because if you know your truth, if you know your scripture, then you'll be able to stand up for truth. And you will be able to protect a pastor who is preaching truth because you know your truth. So to sum this all up, be wary of false teaching and false views of slander to make pastors look like they can't make mistakes. Be careful of false teaching that's trying to get rid of people because they disagree with their method. Even though they're not wrong, but they're doing evil schemes get rid of them. Just like what happened to me. And then thirdly, defend your pastor if he is speaking truth and teaching truth and people are trying to get rid of him because they want to go more progressive, to go more modern as they would use for phrasing. Understand that the enemy wants to destroy our churches. The enemy wants to break truth. It wants to bring in progressiveness, wants to move in and make people who are false teachers be like they have no accountability and that's wrong too. Pay attention. I hope this is a helpful thought. I mean, we're almost done with one quarter of the year, basically. And there is so much kind of going on that we need to start paying attention before the enemy gets a foothold in our churches. Let's pray. Tonight, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. I pray that you help us to be more aware. That you no, know, that is that's the word. Be more aware. There are false teachings getting thrown around using your word to defend motives, to defend ideology, to defend things that are not biblical, to protect people who are not being biblical. And then people who are doing evil things to break people who are biblical. I ask Lord, remove those pastors that are using false teachings in these churches. I ask you move all leadership in that churches that are doing the same thing. I pray you put men and women in leadership who serve you, love you first, and will stand for truth. I pray that you give courage to any man here that's listening or anybody that right now is just seeing there's something wrong where people are trying to go against a pastor who is preaching the truth to be able to stand up for truth and, and tell him, no, he's staying. I also pray for vice versa. If it's a pastor who is misleading this church, that they'll have the courage to speak up against it. We've been seeing a little bit of, you know, stuff that have been going on in certain churches that have been showing up where people are standing up for the way the church has been hiding things and confronting it. And then false narrative is being told about these people being part of these special groups and is trying to create division against the pastor, against the church. And the thing is, Lord, there is a lot of things going on where pastors are, are being allowed to do whatever they want and they need to be held accountable. But at the same time, there's a lot of pastors who have been kicked out of churches because they've been wanting to teach some amazing things about you. 
about the Holy Spirit, about what Jesus has done. And they are now working at other jobs or moving to other places because they feel they've been thrown out. Give them courage again to be, get back on their feet, to get back into ministry. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and I pray that this will bless someone's heart. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, I hope you guys have a great week. I will see you guys next time, and God bless. Thank you.